Hello. And let's continue talking about love. So in the previous episode, I mentioned two amazing men who I had the privilege to love. The interesting thing is that I met the prince when I was 37, most likely. And previously, nobody managed to open my heart. It was probably because it was hidden behind a very thick brick wall, probably sky high. I was full of fears, full of insecurities, um, self-hatred. But when it happened, the wall started crumbling down. So first came the prince. He introduced me to the feeling of this warm, fuzzy, amazing sensation called love. And then the guru made a very significant dent in that wall, which was already crumbling down. And then came the lover. So his nickname is The Lover. And of course, there has to be an overlap because there is an overlap, but the overlap happens a bit later. I met The Lover when I was 40 in 2011. I came back from Costa Rica in 2010 in May. I met him a year and a little bit after I can tell you it was the 30th of September, 2011. Wow. Okay, I got to take a deep breath here and uh, not to get emotional. Or if I do, you will forgive me for that. It's just human nature. So we met at a party. Of course, you realize by now, you understand by now that the trans scene was a very significant element in my life for approximately 20 years. So we met at a festival up north in Israel. And we were both high, okay? I can tell you that. And it was morning and I had a fan and a lovely long dress and I was like, and I love to dance, okay? And I really express myself on the dance floor. And I go with the music and every single particle and cell in my body moves. And I just love the sensation. I love to dance, okay? I really, really, really love to dance. And there was this guy. Wow. Wow. And when you dance especially in a rave, there are these sudden interactions between people. You smile, everybody's happy, everybody's in bliss, people are joyful. Uh, sure, there's psychedelics involved, or, yeah, in most cases, let's be honest. And um, a lot of times you have these short dances with someone and you smile and everybody's happy and the music is great and you're having the time of your life and 
we started to dance together. And I was wearing sunglasses and he was wearing sunglasses. And I was like, wow, wow, the way he looked, okay? Well, I love good-looking men, okay? I, I have a certain type. My type has changed. But there is a certain way <laughs> I like a man to look. And he was the ideal the ideal height, the ideal built, the color of his skin, the shape of his face, the color of his hair, the length of his hair, the shape of his mouth. Everything was like the ideal men. Like in the dreams that I had. He was beautiful, really beautiful and very sexy. And he was half naked. Yeah, he didn't have a top on, so I could really see what I'm getting. So we are dancing there. And then he said, okay, you want to go down to the water? You want to go for a swim? And we went for, oh, you could cut the air, okay? You could cut the air, you realize that. So we walked down to the beach and then uh, we started talking and he tells me, second sentence he says, I'm married. I said, all right, well, nothing is happening, so it's perfectly fine. And then we got into the water. Now, if you have ever experienced with acid, with LSD, you know that in the water, the experience is magnified by 100, maybe. All your senses are awake. That's the thing of LSD. All your senses are awake multiplied by, I don't know, 100, maybe, so all the sensations that you feel are a lot more are a lot more powerful just they're also multiplied so everything everything you feel is like 100 times stronger than you would when you're in your regular normal level of consciousness so there we are in the water and we were all over each other in like 1 second okay all over and from the moment we kissed that was an instant click. An instant click. I have no explanation to it. I knew this man. I knew this man. I knew the way he tasted. I knew the way he smelled. I knew the way he touched me. It was familiar. It was comfortable. It was safe. I knew this man from before. And because we were both flying high... You cannot lie to yourself and also you cannot lie to the person in front of you. There are no lies. It's, this is the thing about LSD. It's pure. It shows you as it is. You see everything, experience everything as it is. But I will get into detail about this in my psychedelics episode. Let's just get back to the love story. So there we are schmoozing out in the water and then we moved to the pool to schmooze out a little bit more it was it was it was unstoppable it was beyond me it was like all my senses were on fire his senses were also on fire it was like the click was instant on all the levels all the chakras all i wanted was this man not only sexually 
but in every level possible. And then we parted. He told me he was married. I said, all right, everything is fine. There's nothing happening. What, what, what happened here stays here. And I already had the previous experience with the guru where I wasn't number one. So this was like, okay, you're not going there, are you? And um, I went home with my friends. It's a good two hours drive, three hours drive. We stop on the way and so on and so on. And I arrived. And I managed to sleep a few hours. And by five o'clock that afternoon or six o'clock that afternoon, I got a phone call from him if I would like to see him. And as they say, the rest is history. Because he came over and that same feeling of knowing this person from before, both of us, it was like a hand and a glove, everything fit, everything fit. That's what they call, I believe, love at first sight. But it probably wasn't first sight because we knew each other before and we were in love before and we had a family before and we had a very serious karma together. And I remember, wow, it's crazy just to remember that. The roof of my old magical apartment with the sky and the stars and this guy and I, 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 there was no turning back. I knew that this is the man. This is the man I was waiting for probably all my life, probably many lifetimes. For him, the same. It was mutual. We talked about it straight away. Just as he told me he was married, he also shared his feelings about me. He wasn't hiding. He was very open about his feelings, which is, it was very refreshing and quite honestly, surprising for me to be with a man who is so connected and able to express his emotions because for me it was much harder than it was for him, let's put it that way, okay? Maybe because of my history, maybe because of my personality, it was harder for me to say what I feel. I felt it just the same, but it was a lot more difficult to express it. And I remember a few days later, a week later, something like that, I asked myself, are you sure you want to go there? You sure you want to do this? I mean, he's married. I mean, do you know what you're getting into? I mean, honestly, this is the time. If you want to stop it, this is, I couldn't. It was stronger than me. And then because we shared everything and because we talked about everything, he also told me the story with his wife that they had no children and they were on their way to separation and divorce. And he wasn't happy and he was leaving her. And I'm like, okay, is this... A fairy tale or he's lying or he's telling me you know because this is a story that a lot of men say but I was way too in love I was completely over heels like absolutely 
taken by him. It was a magical, magical connection that I can really... Wow, I can't even put it into words. If you've ever been in love on a level that your mind is blown. And it's both scary because the person is so familiar and so comfortable. And you know that you know him. And he's my ideal. He looked, tasted, smiled, just as I said before. So it's also scary because of the, of, the, of the sheer emotion that you're feeling that finally you found it. On the other hand, I was like, all right, where is my rational head? What am I doing? It was unstoppable from both sides. We were unstoppable. We were unstoppable. And if you ask me if I ever felt guilty, no. No, I didn't. And I'm not even ashamed to admit that because the emotion, this incredible love that I felt was worth every single minute of the pain that came after. And also anything anybody could ever tell me cannot unjustify that heavenly feeling of being in love on such level. This is, this is like the taste of life. This is what we're here for. And I finally found it. I finally found it. So the love story goes on and on and on for three months. And we are, as I said, already planning the future. He was the only man I ever met who... His presence, his relationship made me in, a, in even the smallest way to want children. I never really wanted a family, but he was a father. He had this vibe. He had this gentleness. He had this, this softness in addition to his masculinity, that, that you knew that he was going to be an amazing father, that I can just have a child and he will bring him up and he will be there. He was amazing, really. So he was the only man who I ever thought about having a family with. And that's also probably because we did that in the past together, in a past life. So three months go by and he shows up one day and he said, I left my wife. They both agreed. Okay, he didn't leave her for me. They both agreed to separate and he moved in to a friend's house. And now he wants to take some time off and he's going to Costa Rica for a month. And he needs to think and he needs to, you know, like kind of settle a little bit because he has made a huge move here and I said all right farewell do your thing do your thing do your thinking do your digesting do your do your inner work come to terms with what's happening plan for the future I'm here I love you and I'm here and uh, there was a tiny bit of fear 
Because, of course, this is a situation that is very delicate. And there was a tiny bit of fear, tiny bit of the residue of, of the, the lack of self-confidence in myself, in my self-value, that I asked myself, do I deserve it? Do I deserve such happiness? Do I deserve this magnificent relationship? A dream come true, an answer to my prayers. Do I really deserve it? Am I good enough? So that was the tiny little bit of self-doubt and the devil sitting on my shoulder whispering. And that devil actually had a face. It was one of my friends. Just like in the movies, yes? It was a friend that I met back in Costa Rica and she had some jealousy issues apparently. She also would have liked to taste the guru. But on the other hand, she didn't really want to do it. So she was always eager for gossip and she was always eager to hear what happened and how it happened and, and what did he say and how he said it. And she was also into astrology and then she calls me up maybe a day or two days before <clears throat> the lover came back from Costa Rica. He, she calls me up and she says, I saw on you in your birth charts that just as your relationship started in a minute, it can and it will end in a minute. Just as he walked into your life, he's going to walk out of your life. And I was like, why are you telling me this? Why do I need to know this? No, I'm just warning you. And I was like, did I ask you to warn me about anything? Like, what's going on? But that sentence amplified my own self-doubt. Is he going to walk away? Is he going to walk away? What's happening? Is it real? And I was hurt. And until this day, I cannot fully forgive her for that sentence. I hold her responsible for something that maybe it's not realistic. Maybe she really did it out of, you know, my best intentions. But you know how the saying goes. The road to hell is paved by good intentions. So, no thank you. You should have kept your mouth shut. And let me, if it happens, let me break my heart. No problem. I'll deal with it. But, you know, this, this, it was, it was totally uncalled for. So to get back to the story with the lover, he came back to Israel and he called me and he came to my house, came to my place. And we are sitting there and he said, I cannot move in with you now. And I was like, okay, well, we were not even at the stage of when you're going to move in with me, but okay, you cannot move in with me now. All right. And apparently his wife's parents 
found out about me from somehow, somewhere. And um, because they already separated and they were talking about the divorce terms and conditions, they wanted to hold this against him. All is good. The problem is that that was a very wealthy family. And he would have walked away from a lot of money, a lot of money, after six years of marriage. And when I understood this, I understood that we are over. That he has to, it's his way of saying, I cannot move in with you now. I don't know what's going to be in the future, but so what? It's like we're going to continue seeing each other, but, but we can only do it in secret because your wife's family, because now you're divorcing, because, because of the settlement, because of the money. And me, because they used to call me Ice Queen, yes? I'm usually in control of my emotions. That's why I also said that he was much more emotionally expressive than me. I didn't really know what to say to this. Like, how can I argue with this? What can I say? Am I supposed to convince him or, or... And then he said, where are the tears? I was like, and I showed him the door. I actually opened the door for him to walk out of my life. And he looked back at me and asked me, where are the tears? Like he was, he was expecting me to, to collapse and cry and maybe beg him to stay or beg him to, to let's find a solution. I don't know. I don't know. And that was the moment he walked out of my life. Just as my friend predicted. Is it a prophecy that made itself real or, well, I don't know. And that was the 2nd of March, 2012. And I died that day. I died. My soul died. And I've never been the same ever since then. I couldn't speak, I couldn't function. I was dead. I was dead for months and months. And my friends tried to pick me up. I went over to a friend of mine who lived very close and I could barely speak. I was shocked. I think that is, that is the exact term, the way I felt. I was shocked. I was shocked. How can this happen? How is it even possible? How cruel is the universe if it gives you the greatest love ever, the answer to your prayers, and then it disappears? And yes, of course, I'm aware of the law of free will, and I know how it works between souls, and I know about soul agreements, 
and know about karmic relationships, but I was, I was dead. I was dead. My soul died that day. It was the feeling I had when my father passed away. That kind of emptiness and grieve. I was grieving for myself. I was grieving for what could have been. I was grieving for the family that we could have had. I was grieving for a love that was beyond time and space. And he ghosted me, which made me very angry. He ghosted me. Apparently, I had to be made disappeared, yes, because of the settlement, because of the, 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 the divorce. There could be no connection to me. And he ghosted me. He didn't answer my messages. He totally disappeared. And that made me very, very angry and frustrated. So angry that my back became a block. Okay, if you know a little bit about like alternative medicine, my liver was so frustrated and so full of poison, anger, that when it started to release all this poison, the liver makes your muscles very stiff. And it was on a level that I couldn't brush my teeth. I could not bend my neck. I was so frustrated. So in a way, as much as I loved him, I felt very badly treated at the end. He completely broke my heart. He broke my heart and he broke me, my soul, to a million pieces. Not him. And yes, him. This whole situation and him. It took me two years to start to smile again. Never ever I have felt such intense karmic connection with another human being. I had karmic connections and karmic relationships with the prince. It was also the guru, definitely. But the lover was something out of the extraordinary. And I couldn't overcome the contradiction between how can two souls be so connected, so intertwined, so one. And in reality, they are not together. I could not, I could not with my conscious, unconscious, spiritual, material, emotional, physical being understand how is that possible that you can actually lose the love of your life? I could not understand how is it possible to have such emotional high with someone but to be totally cut off. I could not understand how is it possible to come down to earth and live in this material, physical existence while your soul is connected to somebody else on such a level. I could not come to terms to it. 
and it broke me to pieces. So the man who broke me, the man who broke down the wall at the end of the day was number three, the lover. And of course, I'm grateful for the experience, for every single minute, as I said, even the worst pain that I felt when I was dying, when my soul was empty and grieving, was worth those moments of magic and divine connection that we had. And with this, I end the three magnificent, amazing, karmatic relationships that I had. And it all happened in a short span of five years, one after the other, one after the other. So you realize that when I came out on the other side of the wormhole after five years, that in that five years I crossed two continents and I left the country two times, I was, I was overwhelmed beyond imagination. And I still believe in love. But I will prepare a different episode about the art of being single. That's it for now. Bye.